This episode of the Iconic Podcast is, as always, sponsored by Iconic Clothing Company. Go check out the website, IconicClothingCo.com. Also, be sure to check out the Instagram page, uh, at Iconic Clothing Co. And then, obviously, the podcast on Twitter, Iconic Pod. Do all those things. Uh, We got a lot of content, a lot of material coming your way. But this week is about one thing and one thing only, my friends. The San Diego Padres. I am San Diego, born and raised. My dad was taking photos for the Padres when I was about two, three, four, five years old. I've been going to Padre games my whole life. I have had the luxury of covering the Padres for the last two summers in the sports media industry. I'm lucky to know Jay Paris, who has been covering the Padres as long as anyone, and he was incredible to have call into the show today, and it really felt like he gave us some wisdom in an area where Padre fans have never had to deal with this. They've never had high expectations. He know Jay Bird knows what, what this territory comes with. I loved hearing his realism, the lessons that can be learned from guys of the past. You know, if you're coaching a Little League team, as Jay said, if you're coaching a Little League team, you know, you could always say, be like Trevor Hoffman. He was a stand-up guy, class act, did everything the right way. You can be like Tony Gwynn. They did everything the right way. That might not be the case with Manny Machado, but I think we have some uh I think we have some fun years ahead. Then we also got to talk with Ryan Cohen today, the Padres super fan, Mr. Padre Twitter. And it seems like this last week and last two weeks really for him has been some of the best times of his life, and hopefully this summer is even better. Life is good for a Padre fan right now. Life is damn good for a Padre fan. We've been putting in the work, okay? This is not an undeserved moment for us. For the people that have grinded, battled, put up with nonsense for a long time. This team has one 90-win season, I believe, since 1999. This is a process. It's It's been a long time coming. You know, this year I'm not so sure that they're going to be contending for anything. It's well documented that their pitching staff is still pretty atrocious. But I think that this season could be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of show, maybe not as much go. But we, we got a show to watch this year, and, and that alone will be a lot of fun. Episode 17 of the Iconic Podcast. Leading off today, our phone call with none other than Jay Paris. joining the show he's been on many times before and we hope to have him on plenty of times in the future jay paris how we doing champ hey just fantastic uh hope everything's going uh well back there in the great midwest uh only san diego fans are pretty happy out here these days 
So the Padres make it official this morning. They have the press conference. Manny Machado is now a Padre. Ten years, $300 million guaranteed. You've been covering the Padres for as long as anyone, but I know you like to keep an eye on those those boys in Dodger blue up north. Having watched the Dodgers teams of last years and you know Manny Machado on the team for the last half of um, last season, what can you tell us about Manny from that experience alone? Well, I think you got to you remember you're getting an elite player on both sides of the ball, and and to get a player in the prime of his career, I, I think that's why San Diego pounced. Uh, of course, Manny's the star and going to be the, the guy. Uh, that's obvious, but they think they're going to fold him into this wave of talent that that's hitting the the shores of San Diego, if you will, and and he's almost like a complementary part to to this long-term plan they had, but. That plan was accelerated, and, and when a player becomes available like Manny, uh, they decided to go for it. They, they pushed a lot of chips into the table, that's for sure. But on the other side, I think it's a fair question. Uh, his, his quote of saying he's no Johnny Hustle after he, uh, he dogged it down the line in, in a World Series game, hitting into the double play. Uh, his dirty play when, when going for Aguilar, the, the Brewers' first baseman. I mean, Baseball players run down the first baseline millions of times. You never try to take out the guy's Achilles. Uh, called a dirty ball player by uh, Christian Yelich, the nationally most valuable player. That's, that's hardly high praise, but Machado's response is, I'm not Johnny Hustle, and I'm not a fake hustle guy. I'm here to win. I'm here to play with an edge. If you want some guy who does a fake hustle, a, an eyewash hustle, as he calls it, he's not your guy. But if you want somebody who shows up every day, you got to remember, he's missed 11 games in four seasons. No ball player has played more. He's averaged 33 home runs those last four years, too, at a career-high 107 RBIs last year. But, again, I think it's a fair question. Is this guy a leader? Can More importantly, can he lead those wave of Latin players that are coming? I mean, uh, if you have a strong Latin player, a strong Latin veteran, and young Latin players coming up, that's a big deal. Uh, look at Albert Pujols, maybe with the Cardinals. Uh, look at Manny Trio back with those great Cup teams back in the 80s. I mean, you got to have a strong presence there. So it remains to be seen. He's going to play with an edge. He's going to play to win. Will he uh, run as hard as he can on the two hopper to shortstop in the middle of June? Probably not. But those are things that uh, the Padres knew. Those are things that were asked. And uh, evidently the answer they got was uh, in the affirmative because uh, – as of today, Manny Machado has slipped on that number 13 of the Padres uniform, and they are no longer your dad's Padres or even your uh, your brother's Padres. I mean, this is a new year in San Diego baseball overall and in San Diego sports as well. Jaybird, you were talking about him being the clubhouse leader for this squad, and before they signed him, I, I kind of talked about how he wouldn't have to be the leader on this team. That's going to be Eric Hosmer's job, at least from, the, you know, a little bit of more of an outside perspective. You're in the clubhouse as much as anyone. I would still think that Eric Hosmer is going to be the captain of this team. And really all Machado has to do is, you know, go out, play ball. And if he can help out uh, what seems to be like his little brother almost, Tatis and, and Urias over at second. Yeah, and Hosmer, and I think he does have more of a with it with his play and, and his work ethic. I mean, he's not a big rah-rah guy. He's not a big big talker. And uh, I, I think he was, though, a step up from Will Myers. I mean, they wanted to make Will Myers the face of the franchise all that not too long ago. And 
And that was that was a disaster. I mean, Will's just kind of a, a goofy guy out there playing baseball. So that didn't work. Uh, Hosmer, uh, you know, he, he certainly had that uh, role in, in Kansas City with that young team. But make no mistake, when a gentleman gets $300 million, he is the leader of your team, whether he wants to be or not. So everything's going to be focused on Manny, and it'll be interesting to see see how he responds. Uh, you, you know, the, the Padres uh, – uh, they've rarely been uh, been accused of playing with an edge. You know, a lot of people come down to San Diego and, and circle those three games and, and know they're probably going to win them. Uh, they play hard under Andy Green, but the difference in playing uh, pushing the envelope. It's almost like uh, your football team, you play to the echo of the whistle. You know, do you stop when the whistle blows or are you still trying to get a hit in? So I think Machado's going to give them that edge. And, and where that edge is also going to come from is from the Padre organization. I, uh, you know, on on the business side of this boat, they saw an opportunity to strike where there's a void where the Chargers left town. I mean, you know, San Diego sports the last couple of years have been known for letting the Chargers leave and, and not being able to get a soccer team. Here, here you have now a, a organization that spent $444 million on two players in two, the last two off seasons. You know, Dean Spanos couldn't even come up with $300 million to, to build a stadium. Here the Padres are, are paying two guys uh, north of $400 million. So there's that void in this city. Uh, you know, the, that small market crutch they played all, so many years was so bogus. It's called small-minded. If you want to have a winner, you go out and find a way to do it. They're doing it now by spending money and by the farm system. But make no mistake, this is the eighth largest city in America. Make no mistake, right across the border are thousands and millions of baseball fans, uh, our friends to, to the south in Mexico. I mean, you could build a, a, a mega market of baseball here. I mean, this is a baseball hotbed. For the Padres, they have seven straight losing seasons in San Diego where baseball is so beloved. It's like living in Vail and, and having a bad ski team. I mean, this is baseball <laughs> heaven down here. I mean, the high schools do well. The colleges do well. And it would always fall off at the major league level. So Chargers are out of town. This could be like a San Antonio where there's only one major team. This could be like a Portland where there's only one major team of the four major uh, four major sports. So, I mean, the opportunity here for the Padres, is their lineup better? Absolutely. Will they have a better product on the field? No doubt about it. But on the flip side, on the business side, they think they can really uh, forge the identity increase the brand, sell more jerseys. I mean, they did this on the on the baseball side, but on the business side, they think they've really hit a home run on that as well. What is what is the biggest misconception about the Padres, where they are right now, and maybe about this Manny Machado signing? What are people um getting wrong right now? Because you know, the, the big contract happens and then Everything hits media waves, and it's flying in, and everyone's going crazy. But a lot of times, information is missed then. Is there anything that's really being missed or misunderstood? Yeah, that Manny Machado can't pitch. And, and the Padres' pitching staff's a joke. And those young guys might come up and do well, and they might not. They had our ERA north of five last year from their starters, which was the worst in the National League. They've done absolutely nothing to address that. They're hoping that Paddocks and the Logan Allens and, and Luke Casey and Robbie Erlin, that those guys, you know, take the first step, some of them, and, and take another step with the guys that have been up here before. So um, are, are they that much better with Manny Machado? Yeah, but not 
significantly. I mean, this team lost 97 games last year. Uh, they were over 25 games out of first place. So, you know, and that lineup looks good, but other guys have good lineups too. But what the other guys do have is top-flight pitching. And this offense will be shut down if you go into L.A. and, and, t- and you know, face Ryu and, and Kershaw and, and Hill and whoever else. I mean, that can quite an out offense, so you better have some good pitching. As of now, they don't have that pitching. And as of now, we don't know what A.J. Preller is going to continue doing. Maybe he packages some of those young guys. Maybe he packages that depth at outfield. He goes out and gets some starting pitching. There's certainly a lot of good ones out there that are still free agent. Dallas Keiko, guys like that. But while the euphoria of Manny is certainly evident and certainly well-deserved, and there's still a lot of holes, still a lot, a lot of red flags uh, on the team, uh, despite uh, <laughs> scratching the check for $300 million this morning. So throughout this free agency process, there's so many rumors and, and people say things. And at some point, I was like, I don't know what is true, what might be true, and what is blatantly a lie. And throughout this free agency process, one of the rumors was that Manny Machado is an East Coast guy. He didn't love spending his time out on the West Coast. Not sure the reasons why. What changed? Or was that also never true? I think money changes everything. And if you have, I think he went to the the place that gave him the most money. And uh, they always say it's about family and it's always about this and always about that. It's usually about the money. And if somebody's going to pay you $300 million to, to live in San Diego, uh, that's, that's pretty tough to turn down. Uh, I, I heard the same stuff. Certainly came up in Miami and as a Miami guy and played in Baltimore. But uh, he was effusive of his praise of, of San Diego this morning in the press conference. Uh, mentioned time and again how it's one of the most beautiful cities in the world. So, uh, you know, that was a, a, a maybe an easy narrative right off the bat, and especially with the, uh, you know, the Phillies and the White Sox maybe kicking his tires as well. But these guys go where the money is, and this is pro ball, and uh, they don't care what you do off the field almost if you can produce. And this guy produces, and this guy plays. And, uh, you know, there's there's an opt-out clause after five years. We'll see where everybody is after that. But ten years is a long time, and I think the key is, though, is him being 26 years old. And you're not paying for – yes, you're paying for past performance, but you're also paying for future performance. I mean, this isn't a – Albert Pujols at the end of his career, you know, getting that big 10-year deal and, and can barely get down the line. I, I mean, 26 years old, I think that's what made this so special. I think this, that's why the Padres have kind of accelerated this uh, this uh, quest to be competitive. They're still, still saying 2020 is, is going to be the year where they really make a run at something, but they, they just couldn't pass up what they say is a generational talent. And uh, Lord knows, I guess they have the money down there to do it because they've been spending a lot of it under A.J. Preller. Jaybird, I was also able to watch the press conference this morning. Anything that you took away from the press conference, one big takeaway or anything that, you know, someone, uh, the common fan might have missed? Well, I think he tapped dance around the Johnny Hustle question. And uh, I was was amazed that it took so long for somebody to to say that because – you know, let's face it, every other team, every other fan base thinks this about Manny Machano. He's a dirty player, that, that he tries to injure players, that he uh, that he goes out of his way to, to do zany stuff. Now, is that true? Maybe some degree, maybe not so much so 
that, that other people think. But, you know, he, he'll have a lot to prove. And uh, let's see if he can pull it off. And let's see what, if the Padres can uh, can build around him to basically that pitching staff. I mean, they're going to have a lot of young talent here <laughs> real soon that's going to be under control for the next four years. And uh, what they do with it is going to be interesting. I don't think they're done. I think they're going to go out and get a pitcher. But I just think the uh, the perception of Manny – Everywhere else is so different than what it is in San Diego because they signed here. But but you always root for your own guy, and, and that's not surprising. Um, I just hope that uh, he takes seriously the role that he has in San Diego. I, I you know like we said, it's such a baseball hotbed, and when a guy's that elevated, that status, it, it, it's not hard. It wasn't hard to say, look, there's Tony Gwynn, be like him. Look, there's Trevor Hoffman, be like him. Do you want to coach a Little League team and point to Manny Machado and say, be like him? You know, I don't know. You know, I don't – in the new age, maybe people don't run it out all the time, and maybe you're hurt. Maybe the manager knows that. But it will be interesting to see how he evolves from just being a high-paid player, which he is now, to whether he can ex- uh, achieve that maybe iconic status that, you know, the Mount Rushmore of uh, San Diego sports athletes have, the Dan Fouts, the Tony Gwynn's. Bill Walton, Trevor Hoffman. I mean, is he going to be that guy? Will he his face be up there someday, too? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it develops, though. So for this, you know, this long-term process of turning the team around, you know, you, you said it really as well as I've ever heard. You know, for a long time they used the small market card, but really, in reality, it was small-minded. And now there just seems to be this shift. There's been a change. And in, and at the forefront of it is uh, Peter Seidler, Ron Fowler, and then obviously A.J. Preller. Can you explain to you know people who may not know those three what they're like? Are they happy right now? Are they still really hungry? Do they, do they feel accomplished? You know, I think they're all winners. And uh, you know, Ron Fowler made it, you know, we call him the Sultan of Suds. He made his money in the beer business here, and uh, he's a San Diego guy, and he wants to win. You know, he's a businessman, sure, but there's a big part of him that just wants to see San Diego win that really first championship. If you're not counting the uh, '63 AFL Chargers winning the whole thing, and Peter Seidler, of course, with the uh, pedigree from the the Dodgers and the Walter O'Malley family. I mean, uh, Peter O'Malley is his uncle. And he certainly came up around a winning attitude. And he knows what it takes to win. And he wants to do that, too. I think there's this big push to bring that championship to San Diego. I mean, these sports fans have been kicked around for a long time. They've been patient. And they've watched a lot of bad sports in, in every sport. And uh, to finally be rewarded for that. And, and in AJ's quest, uh, the general manager, I mean, if he can be the guy that, to bring that championship to San Diego, you know, he'll have a statue maybe someday. I mean, just like uh, Theo Epstein did to, to win in Red Sox, to, to win in Chicago. I mean, to win it somewhere that hasn't had it in a long time or has never had it, as in the case of San Diego, uh, I think that's the driving force. I think you have two owners in Ron Fowler and Pete Tyler that, that really do want to win a championship. And uh, that's why these last couple of years have been hard. I mean, you're trotting out lineups that you know you're probably going to get beat that night. You know you're going to flirt with almost 100 losses, but you're kind of taking your medicine and letting the young kids grow. And they've taken that medicine, but they also saw a chance to pounce on a, a elite player, a, a generational-type player. So 
it's very clear what what they want to do by by spending four hundred million dollars in the last two off seasons, and that's bring a title to San Diego. And, and Lord knows these uh, patient Padres fans deserve it. With this signing, and this is a personal question about you, Jaybird. What's going to change about your job if there's anything? You know, you've been covering them for as long as anyone. Are you? I don't want to say the word bitter, but are you maybe a little upset that some of these newer press guys get to hop on the train while, you know, you and a couple other guys have been grinding through these tough years as, you know, a Padres beat reporter? You know, what's going to change about your job now that there's a $300 million guy in the locker room? Well, it'll certainly be more focused and a little more eyes pointed towards San Diego and, uh, you know, the Padres score, you know, it's usually one of the last ones coming in from the West Coast, and it's usually one that few people care about. I just just think the uh, the acknowledging that the, the Padres, it's almost like, hey, they really do have a team down there, and it's no longer a, a 4A Class A team. It's no longer a pipeline for other squads. So that's going to be interesting to see the kind of the focus on San Diego in, in a positive way. Like I said, you know, after losing the Chargers, a lot of people think, you know, Oh, that's the city that lost an NFL team. What what can they bring? But San Diego has plenty to bring. Those young guys, I wish them all the best of luck. I've had my time more than anybody else. Certainly blessed. Uh, it, I I just want to see how how Manny is, Mr. Pachado is after a loss. How is he after going 0 for 18? I mean, that was one of the great things about Trevor Hoffman. Yes, he saved five zillion games as a closer, but he lost a few. He spit the bit a few times. Every time he was the first guy right at his locker, what do you guys need? I'm not running from anything. I didn't do it tonight. Tony Gwynn on those rare occasions, he'd go 0 for 4. He'd be right there at the locker waiting. What do you need, guys? Let's go over it. They don't do that. Matt Kemp, he would go hide in the training room. Other guys as well, you know, they're not available. They don't face the music. Things are going great. They're going to be right there for you. So, it, I, I judge a man and people more how they're doing during failures and how they react. So I'm anxious to see that with Manny. But I just think it's going to bring a, a bigger buzz not only to the city but, but nationwide. And, uh, you know, the NL West is kind of up for grabs. Not the, pot, the Dodgers certainly didn't do much this offseason, certainly the favorite to win their seventh straight NL West title. But, you know, the Giants are scuffling around. The, the Diamondbacks are, uh, you know, they're rebuilding. But, you know, keep an eye on Buddy Black and the Rockies. They go for their third straight playoff appearance. But, you know, there's there's a little leeway in, in, in that NL West, and let's see if the Padres can close that gap. But uh, just remember, there'll be a lot more people interested in the Padres. I think that's a good thing. I mean, you want expectations. And uh, certainly the Padres haven't had many expectations since really 2010, the last time they, uh, they flirted with a playoff spot. So, here we go. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a long summer. It's going to be a fun summer. And I think that's the big thing, too, Bo, that so often the, the season's over in May. You know, by June, they're not playing significant games. I think that's going to change. Even if they're not up on the standings, people are going to be curious about what this Machado cat can do. Jay Bird Paris. Dynamite as always. God, I love talking to him. I love hearing his voice. Ryan Cohen, the same boat. Both those guys are just truly epitomize what it means to be a Padre. I'm, you know, for Cohen, he's more, you know, he's the fan. And Jaybird, he's he's the beat reporter. He's the guy who's been there after the losses, after the, the rare few big wins that we have had. But those are the voices that you want to hear. 
it was interesting to hear the the differences and similarities between the two. You know, Ryan's so optimistic and positive, and Jaybird's been around the block. He's seen, you know, maybe not a three hundred million dollar guy, but he's seen big contracts roll through and big names, superstars, and it doesn't always work out. So he's he's going more one day at a time. Now I can appreciate that. It is a new day in San Diego sports. I gave Ryan Cohen a call on Tuesday when the news broke. I was strict, though. I, I, I don't know if you remember, Ryan. I was very strict. I did not want to talk for too long because I wanted you to come onto the show. It is now official. Manny Machado is a San Diego Padre. Ryan, when you hear that, after the years that we have had in the gutter. What what's the what's the first emotion that you feel? I I just cannot wipe the smile off my face. I've been smiling since Tuesday morning. You called me shortly after the news broke, and I was yelling. Then you told me to hold it for the podcast, and I'm so stoked to be here to talk about something good with the Padres. It is so rare. It is such a great feeling, and really, I hope it begins a decade of good things to talk about with this team. It feels right. It feels natural. It feels justified. I don't, I don't, the, the word isn't guilty, but when you grind away for 10 years, we haven't made the playoffs in 2006, buddy. When you go that long, I, we're so hungry right now. And we just got a buffet to absolutely bash on. I mean, yeah, for me personally, I became a Padres fan at six years old in 2007. So I've never seen a playoff team. I don't know what this is. Wow. Uh, right. That, to put that into a little bit of perspective, and I'm a huge Padres fan, and I want nothing more than a playoff team. And this is the first time in my lifetime, at least, I, I can pretty much say the Padres organization, the history of the franchise, that they've gone out and gotten a star player in their prime. I got to see Mike Piazza. I got to see Greg Maddox, Hall of Fame talent. They were at the end of their career. They were done by the time they were wearing a Padres uniform. Manny Machado is 26 years old, and he's going to play 10 years at the peak of his career in San Diego, helping to bring championships home. Ryan Cohen, what is the over-under number of games that you attend this year? It's going to be a little different for me this year because this is my first year in college, so I'm not in San Diego. I'm going to go to as many as I possibly can over the summer when I'm home. I'm going to the first four games of the year because that's my spring break, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'll be there. Uh, I'm going to put it at – I'm going to say 20 games this summer. I'm going to try and get to 20 games in between the months of June and, you know, the middle of September there when I have to go back to school. So I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. So I feel you, brother. Okay, I feel you on this because I'm only going to be in San Diego for the month of July this year. I have to stay at school for the first month of summer. Over under, assuming assuming that it's twenty games, okay. Assume that you make twenty games this year. What is the over under number of times that you get on the jumbotron? Oh boy. Well, five a game, so I'll put it at a hundred. I'll put it at a hundred. Absolutely, oh no doubt God, about it. Five a game. No doubt about it. You're available. Well, here's the other thing: is is are you factoring the times I'm on the jumbotron, like before the games and stuff like that, when I'm not even there? There, I'm in some yeah, of those pre-game pre videos. Yeah, I'm including pre-game pre antics. 
Well, then there are 81, there are 81 home games a year. I'm going to be in at least 80 of those videos. I'm putting in a 200. Why not? That Jumbotron is my second home. I love it. Do you understand that when people heard this news about Manny Machado, for a lot of Padre fans, their first thought was, oh, my God, I wonder what Ryan's doing right now? Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. And you know what? I will say on Tuesday when the news broke, I got so many texts, calls, Snapchat, DMs, tweets, all that stuff with, I saw this and I thought of you, Ryko, Ryan, Cohen, you know, whatever they call me. And that makes me so happy. Like, I, I am a huge Padres fan, but the Manny Machado news has nothing to do with me. If, if I'm even barely in your mind when you hear something like that, that makes me so happy, and I'm so grateful for it. Uh, Ryan, I want to make sure when I head home in July that we go catch a game together, okay? I think it would be a lot of fun. Um, I don't know what Dustin Sleater's situation is for this summer, but absolutely, you know, he, he can be included as well if he wants. But I think it would be really, really fun to catch a game this year. I would love to. You let me know anytime. I'm always down to go to the ballpark. So before we get ahead of ourselves, 10-year, $300 million, He's 26 years old. He's as good of a defensive third baseman as you could ever ask for. He hit 300 last year with 37 dingers. Be pessimistic for me for a second. Don't even – don't let your happiness fill you. What are the lowest of lowest expectations that you're setting for Manny Machado this year in 2019? I mean, a bad Manny Machado is probably hitting somewhere around 260 with a 330 OBP and like 28 homers or something like that. I mean, it's a really (laughs) solid player. You know what I'm saying? Like he hasn't had a bad stretch in his career. He's, He's really, really consistent and really good. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame talent at 26 years old in the Padres organization. It's amazing. If you were the GM of the Padres, or if A.J. Preller called you tonight, tomorrow, the day after, and he said, Ryan Cohen, we need some help, man. We don't know what our next move should be. What should it be, Ryan Cohen? I'd love to say spend another $300 million on Bryce Harper. I, I don't necessarily <laughs> think that's the, the best thing to do. Uh, I think pitching, 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 pitching. If you can trade some of those extra outfielders, some of the top prospects for a bona fide arm, I'm not sure who's available, especially at this point in the year. But in within the next 12 months or so, there will be starting pitchers available. And I think if you could go out and get a bona fide ace, a la Noah Syndergaard or someone like that, that would make us a legitimate contender in San Diego immediately. In some sense, I almost think right now that their best move would be no move almost digest this Manny Machado signing, see how people react, first of all. Not that they should base their decisions off people's reactions, but just digest it for a sec. I don't want to do anything too rash, although, to be fair, man, it seems like AJ, Ron, and uh, Peter Seidler have had this thing planned out from the beginning. Well, yeah, when, when they talk about when A.J. Preller was hired back in my birthday, back in 2014, August 6th, uh, he talked about the five-year, ten-year plan he laid out. And he said he didn't have specific names. So it's not like back in 2014, Preller was like, we're going to sign Manny Machado. It's a $300 million deal. That's not what happened. But he did lay out the plan that he had, which said probably something along the lines of, in the offseason of 2018, 2019, when we have these players ready to come up soon, 
we're going to be able to spend big money on a certain player if they're available. And Manny Machado, a generational 26-year-old talent, was available, and they dropped a boatload of money for him. And they lived up to their expectations, both on the baseball upside and the ownership side in terms of spending money. I'm so happy you're here right now, buddy. I'm so happy to have you calling in. Having him in that Dodger blue for the last, you know, couple months and seeing the Okay, I don't I I I don't want to say the Charlie Hustle comments because that's I've already heard it way too many times today. But when hypothetically if in July, late July if in late July he grounds one out to shortstop and he doesn't ju- you know doesn't give a good effort down the line, does that bother you? No. Um, when I played baseball with you, you saw me play. I, I gave 100%, 110%. I was always busting it down the line because I wasn't that good. I had to get every extra hit, every extra base, everything I could, and that's the way I played the game. That's how I would like everyone to play the game. But I'm also not making $300 million, and I'm not playing 162 games in 180 days. I'm not that guy. Manny Machado is so much more talented than 99% of the players to ever play this game. If he wants to lollygag it to first base on a ground ball in July, am I going to love it? No. Am I going to sit there and yell at him? No, of course not. It's Manny Machado. Like, what? I don't care. Now, I don't like that he was jogging in the playoffs. I think the playoffs, you got to give it your all. I didn't like it. He didn't like it. He said since that was a mistake. And I think he learned from that exposure in the NLCS and then the comments with Ken Rosenthal there, the Johnny Hustle thing. And I, I don't think that's a problem going forward. I think that happened. It's done. It happened in Dodger blue. And now in Padres blue and Padres brown going forward, that's over. Manny Machado is our guy and it's done. Last question for you, Ryan Cohen, okay? If you're strolling through downtown San Diego on a given day, you know, maybe not it's maybe it's not a game day. And the first time that you see Manny Machado just walk in the streets, you see him in a restaurant, you see him at the beach, what are you going to say to him? Thank you, first of all. Thank you for choosing us. And then I'm whipping out my phone. I'm pulling up Twitter, and I'm showing him the video of me freaking out when he signed with the Padres so I can show him just how much <laughs> we in San Diego appreciate him. Oh, man. God bless you, Ryan Cohen. Padre fans are lucky to have you leading the way. He is the man of Padre Twitter. He's as big of a Padre fan as there is right now, and, and this is a national holiday for the kid. Ryan Cohen, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for having me. It was a blast being on. As I wrap up episode 17 of the Iconic Podcast, first things first, Uncle Luke, wish you were here, buddy. More than anything, wish you were here recording with us, but, you know, got to do what we got to do. And, and this, is, this is a San Diego, this is a San Diego, San Diego episode of the Iconic Pod right here. This is a letter, though, in some essence, to the small market franchises really across the country. The night is always darkest just before the dawn. So wherever you are, wherever you may be, it may not appear evident now that there's a plan in place, but stick with it because during those hard years, if you're able to enjoy that process, And if you're able to grind it out and do what you got to do and stay a loyal, faithful fan, it makes the moments like these that much sweeter. 
I know when the when when the Bulls turn this thing around, it's gonna feel damn good for Uncle Luke. It's gonna feel good. I know it feels good right now as a Bucks fan, with the last fifteen years just being horrible, and now the one seed in the East. It feels even better. The Padres' long history of being just so below average. Well, well, it makes today feel really, really good. So this is the letter to the small market franchise. Your time is coming. I don't care what sport it is. I don't care what market you're in. There will be a day. There will be a day, even if it means small victories, but enjoy the little things that you can. Enjoy watching the games with fans with family and friends. Go to games. Enjoy the good food. People don't forget where you were when the team was doing shitty. Another another successful, solid, fun episode of the Iconic Podcast. I'm doing this uh, without hearing Uncle Luke's voice, but one last thing. Let's go home, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go home. Let's go home. Let's go home, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go home.